0: by Overcast, an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. Whoa, you're telling me there's no exclusives, no premium
1: content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone? Uh-huh. Get, Get it for, for free, free on in the, the app, Store. app
0: Store. Hey, Liz. Hey Mackenzie, right? Yeah, that's my name. Oh, hey Mackenzie, I- how are
1: you doing? I-
0: I'm neat. I'm neat. I feel a little sleepy today. I'm but that's also about it.
1: So sleepy.
0: Oh, we're
1: sleepy boys. We're
0: sleepy boys. Welcome to the Sleepy Boy Welcome Podcast. To sleepy Boy
1: Podcast, where we just talk about sleeping. Sleepy boys.
0: Yeah, I got a new uh, goose feather pillow mixed oh. with kangaroo toenails. It gives a texture to <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> t- t- Toenails in the pillow? Yeah, it gives a texture. That sounds so scary. It's like a bean
1: bag. Does it like poke you in the eye?
0: All night? the time. That's my
1: worst nightmare. I, think. I love
0: it. Get your Casper mattress today. <laughs> <laughs> we're sponsored by Casper this time around. Uh, we're not.
1: We're not. Um,
0: but hey, this is actually Wisteria
1: Gaze. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not the sleepy boys. No, we're the no, Wisteria no. Gaze. And we're <laughs> going to talk about Desperate Housewives. Hell yeah. And. This week, we're talking about season two, episode five, baby. Oh, it's flying by. It's, season two's already flying by. I'm not ready for it. I really dug this episode. So did I. Weirdly, there was so much
0: plot yeah. in this episode. I felt like there was plot, but there was also like, it does the classic Desperate Housewives thing where it's thrown plot at us like every which way, but also nothing is happening. <laughs> classic. Classic. That's my
1: life. I feel like plot's being thrown at me, but also nothing's happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's how i live my <laughs> life this episode premiered october 23rd 2005 it was written by alan cross <gasps> who does not have a wikipedia page oh. though he's a new writer and directed by david grossman hashtag sondheim watch we back mm. to sondheim this episode title is called they ask me why I believe in you (gasps) and it was there the the writers are really finding niche bullshit things yeah this was written for an unproduced television play interesting called I believe in you okay and the song is called they ask me why I believe in (laughs) you I guess it answers the entirety of the of the play I guess so yeah and I'm gonna do something else a little new because I had not thought about this before this week I'm calling it maybe Wisteria International. I can't decide. Oh. So on the Wikipedia page, sometimes they put um, what the translations of the episode titles were in different languages. Oh. And I've never looked at them because yeah. I just never have. But this one caught my eye this week. So I want to start by saying in Hungary, this this episode title was, why did I believe in you? Question mark, exclamation point. But then, buck wild i've noticed i went a couple episodes ahead i will not lie and every single time germany and france get buck wild because in france this episode was called we only bury twice
0: what
1: so it had a completely different title
0: holy shit i
1: guess pertaining to rex maybe maybe and then in germany it was called stench fellows
0: I have no idea where that comes from. It's just stinky people, <laughs> this is I a guess. Stinky episode. Stinky. We got a stinky episode. So I think if they're funny, I might start sharing that
1: because I noticed Stench Fellows yeah. and was like, why the hell is this episode in Germany called Stench Fellows? Yeah. Other countries were similar, but like Hungary, <laughs> where it's like similar but different. But, yeah, stench fellows and
0: we only bury twice. Interesting. Those are my little top of show facts. Ooh, I loved them. Thank you. I have a question for you, Mackenzie. Oh, shit. What? Are you ready to dive into (gasps) the epi? Fuck, dude. Uh, Yes, let me put my wetsuit on real quick. I got to slide this hot bod into it.
1: (laughs) Zip it on up. Yeah, can you zip
0: me up? Uh, Yeah, I'll zip you up. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm ready. Since the first day on the job, <laughs> Nina was unusually tense. Well, oh. like, since Lynette's first day on the job. I guess. Sorry, I should have prefaced that by... No, it's fine. Um, But I wanted to just do uh, my own little you Mary little Alice. Alice. Um... Lynette tried like apparently Lynette's tried everything to get her to calm down like a wave machine, candles. She got her chi balls, which just loose chi balls. Yeah, there's like there's also like a a series of like like Kickstarter campaigns at least like in the early 2010s that were like Zen eggs or like relax cubes so where they were basically scams. They were just like wood, but people would be like, "It's to bring your inner peace I have out." My zen. Yeah. Lynette should have backed a Kickstarter in
1: 2010. <laughs> yeah,
0: truly. I, I I literally wrote, to help
1: relieve her tension, she had sex with her end of story.
0: Yeah, which you're not <laughs> far off. I'm not far
1: off. Um, sex is what Nina needs.
0: So, yeah, Nina's been very, very uptight. She is yelling at yes. the workers a lot. She's like, if you don't give me a good slogan, I'm going to can all your asses. My
1: teeth hurt from speaking those words. Yeah,
0: She's a bitch. Um, But Lynette then... Thinks of something she never thought of before and takes Nina out on a date. Baba Booey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yes. Like Lynette and Nina fully go on a date. They get some gimlets. They're at the bar. Yeah. And I I, I did write, I wrote Lynette and Nina having a good date. Nina's giggling
0: at her joke. Literally. I was like, oh, Lynette's using alcohol to get her to like loosen up and stuff. Because yes. Nina hasn't had a fun night out in a while.
1: And I will say, I don't think that she will be the winner. But I do want to nominate Nina for lesbian of the episode in this moment yes. where she was like connecting with Lynette, Check giggling her at her Bucket. i do not think she'll win and i think we're both on the same page yes but i want to i want to have a couple nominees yeah so it feels oh, like a, a couple full bucket this
0: one this is the first episode i'm so sorry to interrupt you uh, any time king <laughs> i feel like episode five was the first episode this whole season i mean i say that we're only Other five episodes one, i mean one had yeah. a lot of lesbians we're, we were ripe we are right with lesbian of the episode noms chuck them in the bucket chuck it's gonna be bucket. overflowing
1: i want that bucket to overflow
0: <laughs> nina mentions
1: uh that she's not a boyfriend in a while yeah and lynette is like why don't you get in the game and nina says she's shy when it comes to men and i wrote date me nina it's okay <laughs>
0: I love women who are bitches. <laughs> um, but then Lynette turns into the wingman of the century and goes name. to the bar and is like, my boss wants to fuck you. Do you want to fuck her? She said that on TV. Yeah. And he went,
1: yeah. I was about to make a weird joke because all I wrote was he looks like a bird.
0: <laughs> oh, I he didn't know. He just looks that. like a bird to me. So okay. I was going to say,
1: he went, P-caw! but okay. um that's mean yeah <laughs> just, yeah that is you're bullying this random I'm bullying person this, act, this actor <laughs> listens to our podcast and he goes oh they're finally gonna get to my <laughs> single appearance on desperate housewives and i call him a bird
0: oh and then he goes well i guess i'll delete the email i really wanted to guest star <laughs> this man who fucks Nina, and he fucks her good because we see the next morning <laughs> She comes in
1: with I wrote freshly fucked hair.
0: Yeah, she's wearing the same clothes from last night. So
1: he's good in bed. He may look like a bird, but man, <laughs> no feathers on that boy. He doesn't fuck like a it bird. Doesn't fuck like a bird. <laughs> and
0: I fuck listen a bird. you. <laughs>
1: We haven't even got to the opening <laughs> credits and we're already going wild. Truly. But but Nina's in a good mood. She's complimenting people. She's calling people honey. Yeah. She's being sweet. Lynette is pretty proud that she got Nina to stop being a bitch to everybody. Yeah.
0: And then we do opening credits, mm-hmm. finally. Crompt, crompt. <laughs> we haven't the talked bones. about that in a while. Yeah. Um, slap your ass. Sla- I'm slapping my slapping ass. My ass with his we're cutting credits. it in post. <laughs> slap, 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 <laughs> slap, 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 slap. <laughs> Um, but then we cut to after the credits. Um, another Mary Alice voiceover talking about how everybody in this world needs someone that they can depend on. Yeah, and for Susan, it's not Julie, it's <laughs> not Mike, it's her book agent, Lonnie Moon, who we've never met. No, and I don't think we can count. Just right off the bat, I don't know if we can count the Susan job count because we don't see her doing the we uh, don't. her job. They just talk about her doing her job. Um, but we meet Lonnie Moon. And He's played by Wallace Shawn. Yeah, who I love. Yeah, and I realized
1: I don't. I didn't know because I was. I have a nostalgic love for Wallace Shawn that I realized you don't have. Because I know him mostly from The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah.
0: I've never seen that movie. And that blows my mind. But (laughs) I feel like probably a lot of our listeners know him as the
1: inconceivable. That's his line in The Princess Bride. Hell, yeah. Very great. And I really liked
0: him. And I just like Wallace Shawn. I think he's funny. It's a shame he's about to crumble. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's not a great character, but I do love Wallace Shawn.
0: Um... We basically find out that Lonnie's, like, taking Susan out on, like, trips and stuff. He was there for and, her like, when Carl left her. Yeah, and, and, like, when she gave birth. To Julie. Yeah. He's
1: been around for a long time. Yeah. And he's never been mentioned. No. I think it's so fucking funny when TV shows do that, where they try to, like, really heavily insert a character yeah. into someone's lore. When it's like, <laughs> if this person was this important to Susan, we probably would have heard about him before.
0: But um don't you remember uh timothy seven from from gabby's past i don't know i'm just oh, trying to oh, do a bit it it's a not bit. It really working and bit. i can admit it hey you know what we're gonna workshop it we're gonna come back it'll be better than ever okay okay i love you king i love you too um but basically lonnie comes he wants to take out susan for drinks but we get a little special thing we do i I noticed this. I wrote this in my mm-hmm. notes. Um, I think it's on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, like, a news story about somebody named Melanie Foster. And that's all we get in this scene, I think. Yeah. Every scene that there's shows a TV. It, it, it pops up a couple times. Like, this is something, like, I genuinely, like, actively was like, oh, that's interesting. What?
1: Well, it becomes really important later <laughs> yes. with Betty, especially. But, yeah, this in this scene, I, I tried to write down what we got in each scene. And in this scene, we just see that the kitchen tv is talking about a case in chicago mm-hmm. i think it said to do with melanie foster that's
0: where we are that's where we are <laughs> we're in chicago but then we cut to drinks, drinks and lonnie tells susan that he's going to start his own agency and he wants her to come with him yeah um and susan is like of course lonnie i love you i i, I just have to tell the agency and and Lonnie's like, um, I don't think you should do Let's that. Not do that, Susie. Let's not do
1: that, Susie Q. No, Susie Q. And she's like, what's up? And he goes, there's bad blood. You know, they just don't understand why I had to embezzle thousands and thousands of dollars from all my clients. And Susan is like, fucking what? Yeah.
0: Susan seems taken aback. and But the thing about Susan in this scene is she goes, did you take money from me? And Lonnie's like no, I would never take money from you. Oh, my God. And Susan just believes Believes him him. him immediately. And she's like, okay, then I'll still come with you. I guess this is fine. Yeah. (laughs) And
1: I did write, this cannot be a good career move, but I kind of like the idea of, Susan having a messy best guy friend. Uh, I wrote yeah. that at the beginning of the episode. Oh I want to say. God. I w- do not feel this way by the time we get to the end of the episode. Yeah. But we cut to prison. Gabby is showing Carlos <laughs> a ult- ultrasound. That's that word. Yes.
0: Ultrasound. I couldn't remember the name I in my wrote, notes.
1: I have. I like, wrote picture. And then it, as I was speaking, I thought of the word ultrasound.
0: I wrote, she's showing him a gram. I can't remember what kind. Sonogram? Sonogram. <laughs> it's ultrasound, right? Is that what it is?
1: someone's gonna yell at us here we a picture of a baby inside the belly
0: a son oh i was right a Ultras- sonogram is an old ult- it's an ultrasound oh yeah God.
1: we're both right <laughs> I lo- I lo- oh i love i can't wow. believe
0: we're both so smart we're both
1: so fucking smart um they're being sweet for the first time in the whole series for me yeah i was like wow i like you only right here but then <laughs> skeezy mcgee shows up yeah the lawyer david and Carlos is immediately threatened by this guy. Yeah. You can tell he's like jealous and
0: he's like, this man is not my lawyer. And then just fucking leaves. Yeah. And that's basically the scene. Yeah. And then we got to Bree with her lawyer. <gasps> so many fucking lawyers
1: <laughs> then, in this episode.
0: Um, Great lawyer to lawyer uh, transition. But um, <laughs> she's at the police station and she's trying to get the body released from the cops. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And she she makes some threats. She's like, do you know how much money I have now? I can sue you just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Brie was unhinged. Yes. And I have I... some
1: thoughts about the scene later.
0: Yes. Because
1: I don't think that was the first take. Or, really? Like, I don't think that was the original intention of the scene. But I'll get okay, into okay. it later. I'll get into my reasoning later. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Re- Brie is unhinged, Uh. but I love her. And... She's kind of going back and forth, but then, t- much to uh, one of the cops' is shock, the other cop is like, "Release the body. Mm-hmm. The the evidence we have is minimal. Yeah, and she's been so nice to us." And I wrote, "Did they have a moment? It felt romantic." F- oh, I to didn't me. get
0: that. Maybe it's because I didn't want to see it.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like he was giving her like romance
0: eyes, and she was like, oh, "No,
1: Detective Barton, you get th- me. I don't know. I just- I mean, like I read
0: it as like him being like, yeah." Give her the body. Let her oh, do it. Yeah, I know? took it as
1: much more sweet and like oh, romantic.
0: No. I thought like Bree was taking it as sweet, because I think he was trying to do that. But like his eyes, I could oh, see it in his eyes. Wow.
1: I like that we had two different interpretations yeah. of the scene. I think yours is probably right based <laughs> on later. But I was like at a moment I was like watching this and I was like, are they gonna fuck? Because <laughs> I'm stressed <laughs> out.
0: Um and then we get another TV shot. We get another TV shot. I w- yes. We cut to the office, and on the office TV, it's talking about Melanie Foster. And this again. time,
1: we get the 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 fact that there is a
0: memorial at a high
1: school mm-hmm. happening for Melanie before it quickly pans away.
0: Yes, uh, and w- Nina wants to go out again. Yeah, she's yeah. like, hey.
1: I want to go fucking party. Yeah. And also I wrote Nina saying that Lynette and Trudy are hot dot 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 bisexual dot 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 Chuck dot dot Chuck her in the dot, bucket
0: again. Bisexual of the episode. <laughs> bisexual <laughs> of, the episode. bisexual yes. of the episode. We get our first bisexual of the
1: episode. Because, you know, she's clearly very attracted to men as well. And yeah. I was just like her being like Trudy's so fucking hot I can't go out with <laughs> yeah. her. I was like.
0: Nina, just fuck her, man. Just fuck her. Just fuck Trudy. Well, I mean, maybe she doesn't want a workplace romance. You're right. You're right. Damn. <laughs> Which is why she hasn't solidified anything with Lynette my, yet. My Lynina. La <laughs> ship, Ninette. Nanette. Nanette. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah Gatsby comes here and punches me in the fucking face. That's what my new ship is,
1: Nanette. <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah i just all i wrote was like nina's horny as fuck um she's my bisexual the episode my heart. yeah me too um why not
0: uh but yeah she wants to go out and i forget does lynette say yes in this scene i didn't yes, write that down yes because i th- i'm pretty sure this is the point where nina is like the blackmail's later the blackmail's later this one is like nina says to lynette like trust me like i i'm smiling on the inside because like i guess I think what happens is Lynette is like, "Oh, you want to go out again? How much fun could you have had if you like didn't like my pitch earlier?" Yeah, and Nina's cool? like, "Listen, I loved it on the inside. I'm just keeping it up for appearances." Yeah, weird, 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 weird. Um. And then we cut to Betty.
1: Betty, finally, her. where's where's Betty been? She's a big episode, though. Yeah, she's checking her mail. She seems to have accidentally gotten a package for Zach, and she goes and she places it on a mound of untouched mail in front of the young that, household.
0: Oh, visual storytelling! Visual
1: storytelling for sure. So there's just this mound of untouched mail at the young place.
0: And then we get another Melanie Foster just all within like five yeah. minutes of each other this time we get a lot don't we or we get a lot at the end we, we get, get a lot. lot at the end because it's on mute right now it's on mute at edie's place because betty is coming over to Edie's
1: to bring her some mail. Yes. And like they talk about
0: how the mailman's been switching everyone's mail a lot lately. Yeah. And then Edie goes upstairs for some reason and she goes to get Betty's mail.
1: Oh, yes. And she's also wearing a full on like sexy nighty
0: Lesbian of the episode nominee. Throw her in there. <laughs> her and Betty together.
1: Throw them both in there. <laughs> like. Betty and Edie. Beatty. Beatty. Beatty, my ship. Betty and Edie. Or Eddie. Eddie's great too. Maybe that's what people talk about on the Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a Facebook group for Desperate Housewives, and everyone calls Edie Eddie in that group, and <laughs> it makes
0: me laugh. But then when Edie goes upstairs, Betty sees the TV, turns the sound on. Yes, and we hear that uh, – oh, I think we hear again that the case is in Chicago. Yeah, We see that
1: the arrest has been made in this, quote-unquote, brutal attack against Melanie Foster. But then she, they go on to say that Melanie died. So yeah. this girl, Melanie, was attacked four months ago. She was 17 – and found in a park like yeah. all of this happened i wrote down all the clues because i wrote all these fucking clues in this episode yeah so betty's watching this thing that this the most important part that's all the exposition but the most important part is that an arrest has been made and we see that there's like a police camera of a young black man who does look yeah. similar to the person in the basement yeah being arrested
0: and edie comes back downstairs and betty's gone Yes, and Betty is running back
1: to her house, and she yes. sees that Matthew's watching the news. They get up, and they both have this moment of "We're in the clear." Yeah.
0: Excuse me. Um. Yes, <laughs> and then I was like, I think like in my notes I have I think like Betty's like I, if it's her son in the basement, like I think he might have like hurt her like i think that's I think what that it, was. That, it gets
1: heavily confirmed or insinuated yes. later
0: in the episode yeah, for sure but i mean if not now yeah. you know because it's like we're in the clear you know yeah and then we cut to poker everybody's there but lynette's at work i guess
1: probably yeah.
0: um and Bree says that she's having a re uh burial for rex and she mm-hmm. wrote a poem and she wants everybody to come forth and and not celebrate but yeah like, <laughs> like be with her because the be kids with her. are out of town
1: because mm-hmm. andrew's at hennessy and danielle's on a school trip yes <laughs> whatever um susan and edie have a cute little moment where she's like say yes to the reburial and edie's like i don't want to be there for a poem yeah she's like she wrote a
0: poem though. it was just a funny little moment yeah. i
1: love susan and edie
0: and that's like pretty quick everybody yeah. kind of just agrees that they'll meet they'll her th- for the reburial yep and then we cut to, oh, also, like, I did write in in this scene, like, she does talk about how, like, it'll be nice because she feels like she's, like, hasn't fully processed the first funeral. Yes. And I, I, I do think it helps that Phyllis is not here for this yes. one. Because with Phyllis not being here, she's, like, letting herself grieve. be able to grieve and no, say goodbye. For sure. I agree. I fully agree and we cut to prison it
1: looks like it's a kind of group couples counseling i didn't write a ton about this scene other than gabby and carlos kind of fight that carlo about carlos's yeah. jealousy and there's some weird homophobia at the end
0: yeah i w- i there is. Because there yeah. is. Yeah. And, like, Not I... Not of Car-
1: Cabby and Carlos, but of two random characters. Yeah,
0: two random characters is, like, a joke line. And I want to flip it, and I want to nominate that man for bisexual of the episode <laughs> okay. as well. Hell yeah. <laughs> we, sort of, we just have every award known I'm, to man. I'm taking their homophobic joke, and I'm reclaiming We're it. We're going to give him an award. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And for people who haven't watched it or didn't watch it, it was just... There are couples counseling, and one of the couples is trying to talk about their biggest i their biggest problem in their marriage
0: and it's that the man
1: the man thinks another man's hot he's like oh i bet he's sexy and then the woman's like do i really need to tell you what our biggest problem is now and it's like
0: he's just he's like exploring his identity he's 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 figuring himself out he's our bisexual of the episode yes (laughs) We just give every bisexual <laughs> we
1: see an award because they deserve it.
0: Yes. <laughs> only one lesbian, but all bisexuals. There's only one lesbian in the episode, but all of the bisexuals People, get. <laughs> they all each get like a pin, a little yeah. pin with a little blue ribbon. Uh,
1: and that's kind I mean, nothing happens other than Gabby is like, you're really jealous and it annoys me. And Carlos yes. and them fight and they kind of end in a stalemate. And
0: yeah. So. And then we cut to Susan, Mike, and Julie. A little fambugly. Fambugly. A little fambugly. And, um... Mike once again is being the voice of reason, <laughs> where he he's telling Susan because I guess Susan just got done telling all of them what happened. What happened with Lonnie? And Mike says, "Well, how can you be so sure he didn't embezzle any of your money? I mean, like he lied. Yeah. And also, are you sure you want to go with him because he's your book agent? He represents who you are. Yeah. So it's like if you really want somebody who's known for stealing, like that's not a good... people aren't going to want to work with you. Yeah." And I
1: agree with that. I also think it's very, that, that's that interaction where he's like, I don't believe in second chances. That's how I'm wired. I was like, your whole relationship is multiple chances. I feel like that's, that's the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like Susan gave him a second chance. Really? Yeah. And I'm not saying that Susan should, uh, the thing is, I'm I'm not saying that I think Susan should let Lonnie be her agent anymore. Like I agree with Mike on that end, but I also find it weird that Mike randomly is very like yeah. anti second chances when the reason why they're together is because susan gave him a second
0: chance yeah i and just like, thought that was weird susan kind of brings that up a little bit yeah because she's like you were also gonna yeah. for manslaughter i think it's just like yeah it's like second chances like you got to give people second chances but like i don't feel you like susan to- has talked to Lonnie enough or like no
1: i think there's a difference between like Second chances for people who deserve them, and and just like also protecting yourself and your boundaries. Yeah, like like if a second chance, you know, s- s- just slams over a boundary you have established mm-hmm. as a person, then it's not that's not worth it. I think that Mike was worth it, right? Yeah, but like I, you know, I don't know if Lonnie is right now, and um, yeah, I don't know. So I agree with Mike, but I also thought that was a weird like character trait. I am gonna be throwing in now yeah. from the writers of Mike.
0: Yeah, and then Mike leaves. And this part, (laughs) sorry, I just like remembered it. I did not expect Susan to just straight up tell Julie Julie. about Zach right away, but that's what she does.
1: Yeah. And I didn't write a lot about the scene only because they go back and forth so much because yes, Susan says like, I saw Zach. This is what I did. And Julie tries to give her advice, but every time Julie says something, Susan turns it
0: the other way. Yeah. So
1: Julie pretty realistically is like, I don't know what to tell you because you don't care what I say. I love and then, Julie. And then
0: Julie's like, but I have a feeling you did it for me. And put that <laughs> yeah. in big I'm like, Julie, 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 Julie. God, I love Julie. I love Julie so much. We say
1: her name enough. <laughs> she <laughs> she will, will appear. One day
0: we're going to manifest I her. can't
1: wait till Andrew Thornton <laughs> is manifested on this
0: podcast. Please. Um, and then we cut to the postman oh. dropping off a package. The mail is gone. The mail at the young house has been picked up. I wrote in my notes at this point, Paul's back.
1: Yeah. That's what I would assume. Yeah. Because
0: why would Zach get the fucking mail? Yeah. I don't think
1: it would be Zach. Also, so it has to be Zach. Paul, Paul is back on the lane. Zach is in Utah
0: and Paul is back in fucking Fairview. If Susan just would have been like, okay, Mike, I saw <laughs> Zach. Literally a day later, his dad would have been back. Uh, god yeah i didn't even think about that i did like i also assumed paul's back
1: um spoiler alert we get a bit of that as a confirmation at the end but like i totally did not think until this moment that a teenager is in utah and paul is yeah here in fairview well on that note let's cut to nina we get to nina (laughs) once again trying to get Lynette to go out drinking but this time she fucking blackmails her
0: yeah she like threatens Lynette's job when Lynette is like listen this is the third night in a row I'm not gonna be with my family so like I really just want to be with my kids and then Nina's like I'm sorry, if the late nights are too much for you, maybe you should find another job. It's not part of your job to go drinking with you. Make real
1: friends, Nina. I also wrote, I don't even know if I wrote it here or later, but where the fuck is the HR department in this building? Nina
0: is HR. That's the
1: kind of (laughs) fucked up company this feels like. like, Lynette would be like, can I go to HR? And it would be Nina. Nina, like,
0: spins around. Okay, what do you want? Puts a tie on, (laughs) tits still out, but the tie goes through the
1: middle of them, and she's like-
0: The tie goes into her her cleavage, and she's
1: like, I'm HR. (laughs) (laughs) My name's Bina. Hello. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She has a mustache, (laughs) but everything else is
0: the same. Everything else is the same. Um,
1: Yeah, but I was like, where the fuck is HR? Like, she could report her for this. Yeah. Like, this is not Okay. I also wrote, did they go to a gay bar cuz music like that does not play at straight bars?
0: Yeah. Cuz one time when I was in It's a bisexual it's bar. It's a bisexual bar
1: and that's what we like to see. <laughs> yes. When I was in a uh, London studying abroad in college. <laughs> I'm so worldly. <laughs> I'm there for a week. Um I remember like my friends were like, let's go to this bar. And it was a very straight bar because no one was dancing. Everyone was just standing and they were blasting fun. Hmm. Like some nuts. (laughs) Like that was the music blasting. And I was like, I feel so straight. Uh, And then I went down the street. If any of our listeners are in London, I went to GAY and they were blasting like, Charlie XCX mixed oh with the God. Spice Girls and I was like this is where I want to be. <laughs> but this music felt like a gay yeah. bar so I was like where are they? <laughs> They're not playing straight bar music that's for sure. <laughs> we cut to Betty with like these big fucking yellow gloves on <laughs> writing a letter and we don't super see the letter yet, no. we see in a minute, but she after she's done she takes some food downstairs and we finally meet we kind of see the face of the guy in the yeah, basement. Yeah, Caleb. Caleb is his name.
0: And she's talking to him. I don't remember what exactly she's saying. She says, like,
1: you know, you need to talk to me, and, like, we can't let you out of here unless you take responsibility oh, yeah. for what you did. And she's talking about Melanie. And I think then
0: at that moment, we get confirmed that she's talking about Melanie because... Matthew comes into the kitchen. He picks up the letter that she was writing and it says it's like addressed to the police. And it's like, yeah. you caught the wrong man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and M- Matthew just starts yelling. He's like, where are you, Ma? Yeah. And she, and she's like,
1: fuck. And then she like leaves and does the lock doesn't fully yeah. lock. But she doesn't notice it as she goes upstairs to talk. And Matthew and her kind of fight about this.
0: Yeah. Because Matthew is like, listen, like, you can't send this to them because they're gonna catch him because like what happens if they catch us
1: yeah and she's like I don't want an innocent man to go to prison and he's like cool do you want to call and tell them that her killer's in the basement and they just fully
0: fucking say it while they're saying this Caleb like Uh. comes out and is like creeping up the stairs and like listens to them talk and then Matthew is like you don't understand that if they catch him they will not hesitate to execute him and Caleb hears that and like slowly just goes back his face broke my heart it broke my heart and they mention uh, and, and i
1: don't i don't this is just the quote from the show they say he yeah. won't care how slow he is quote unquote yes so like we're getting the impression that maybe caleb is neurodivergent in some way yeah and like we'll get i think like i don't consider this a spoiler because it's just things we should know that they, they get into it more in the, in the series that he is matthew mentions like yeah that they they won't care about the fact that he's different or whatever in any way they will just kill him yeah which i agree i don't know like i i also think that like thinking about that in a 2020 lens just in terms of like race and the fact that like these are really the only black characters in the entire Mm -hmm. show and like yeah if it was a young white man maybe they would hesitate maybe they would take the time but with with a young black man they won't they'll Mm -hmm. just they'll just kill him and then to think about this innocent guy possibly
0: that happening to him? Yeah, and I think like that's where like Betty might. She doesn't become, want yeah. someone to die. She doesn't want anyone to die.
1: I don't know. I I like Betty so far. So do I. Um, it is like scary. I, she she also in this scene says I think because of uh whatever like he didn't realize what he was doing. She said
0: a bunch. I think she kept saying that about yeah, Caleb. I I do think that like it's also like a weird play on like a parent would do anything for their child, no yes. matter what, like kind of what we got in season one with Bree and, and, Andrew. and Andrew. Yeah. But it's like, I just like, I don't know. Like I need to know like what he did. Cause it's like, I don't think I don't know. He hurt a woman. <laughs> I don't know. So like, yeah, like based on like, like what... like the information that I have right now is that he, he definitely hurt a woman him. and yeah. killed a woman. And like, and it's weird
1: because it's like in that moment in the stairwell, he looks so like gentle and sad. Yeah. But then he did fucking like fight.
0: Yeah, Matthew.
1: Like two episodes yeah. ago when he busted out. So it's like I, I, yeah, I don't. I think that we don't have all the clues yet. I think there's more to uncover. But like, it is sort of like. I'm very of two minds about it. I think until I know more, I won't yeah. know how I feel. But it's it feels complicated. Me as well.
0: It feels extremely complicated, mm-hmm. and I'm so sad that I have a little pea brain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and it's very interesting going through it with the the known knowledge, too, because I am someone who's seen the entirety of season two. I have not. I know, and so it's interesting, like, putting the together the mystery with you. It's been very yeah. very fun for me. <laughs> um, and because we watch
0: it, once a week, so yeah. we really, we
1: only get information every week. Yeah. Oh, oh, to binge this show again,
0: <laughs> to binge this show at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. and then we cut to Lonnie and Susan again, great couple. Uh, ship of the season, Susan. losing,
1: Sunny, Sunny, losing is pretty, losing
0: is good, and I like that. Um, but basically Lonnie's like you got my you got my contract and Susan's like "Um, I do but I have I need you to tell me I need you to look in my eyes and I need you to tell me that you didn't steal any of my money. Yeah. And she's noticing some weird shit around the house too. Yeah. Like he doesn't have electric. He, his wife and kids left him. It's like covered in like garbage and like, like fast food. Fast food. There's no lock on the
1: door. Yeah. The door's just swings open. There's a lot of weird shit. I think that's what prompt Susan almost yeah. to be like, something's not right here. Detective Sue <laughs> solving the most obvious mystery mm-hmm. of all time. Putting on
0: her detective cap just for fun. <laughs> um, But yeah, and he tells her, I did steal your money. But you were the first, I return. Yeah.
1: Because he says that he like lost all his money paying everyone back, right? Mm-hmm. How would, I mean, maybe the agency was just trying to hide it, but like, how would... Susan not have known she lost money from him.
0: Like wouldn't she see her accounts or something? Maybe she's rich. Maybe she gets so much loaded. loaded. Oh she can buy 15 gosh. boats. <laughs> um yeah, so she says no, Lonnie. I don't think I'm actually gonna come with you. Mm-hmm. And he takes the contract from her hands, and then they wrestle. They fucking physically fight. And I'll say Susan for Lesmean of the episode nominee, oh. just for wrestling a man. Okay, yeah, <laughs>
1: wrestling a man, Susan for <laughs> really, I love, I love it when the bucket is overflowing. Yeah, that's what's And what we I'm have saying. a second bucket. This is a great episode. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and then Gabby is doing yoga. I wrote skeezy McGee shows up, lets
0: himself in, It's going through her whines. And the the basis of the scene is basically like, OK, I'll try to convince Carlos to let me be his lawyer. Yeah, because she's like,
1: I need this. And he's like, I don't want to beg for work. And she's like, please. And he's like, OK. Yeah. Because he has a little fucking crush on her. Mm hmm. I feel bad because truly all the... Gabby didn't have a lot to do in this episode. And I didn't write a lot about her scenes because I'm kind of over the storyline. I want Gabby to do something else. I want Gabby to have fun. I want Gabby to fucking party. Can Gabby go out with Lynette and Nina? Oh, Gabby going out with Lynette and Nina.
0: We cut to Susan and Lonnie and they're like talking and it's like fine and she's like you know like no hard feelings and he's like sure then he kisses her she's (laughs) like what the fuck dude and then he says there's always been magnetism (laughs) (laughs) that was me there's always
1: been magnetism i mean she just kind of freaks out and freaks out uh freaks out and pushes him away um
0: and She's like ew 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 <laughs> ew. <laughs> um,
1: I wonder if Lonnie's gonna come back
0: or is that the whole? Arc I want for you to look in my eyes. Lonnie will never come back.
1: <laughs> what if, if he does? If he
0: does, it'll be one episode. Let me look up. Just, Maybe two. Let me just.
1: All right, audience, you can hear the clicky clack of my. I want to look up episode count. <gasps>
0: one episode he's count one back. he's Lon- never fucking coming back
1: he died after this his wife is named Jeannie. Jeannie. whoa well oh my gosh the category on the desperate housewives wikia he's put into is susan's romantic interests. <laughs> that's so funny that is the funniest fucking thing i've ever seen in my life that is
0: so funny all right lonnie moon we'll never see you again <laughs> Goodbye, King. Goodbye. <laughs> um, and let's let's take a plane. Let's travel okay, all up. the way to Chicago. That's where we are. Whoa! <laughs> but it's cops. It's cops. Um, basically, what, there's like a cop who's like gonna go do something, and then another cop comes up and says, "We got another letter about the, the how did I." melanie foster case how did i immediately forget her name i don't know we've heard it 18 (laughs) Um, times this episode (laughs) um i got another letter about the melanie foster case uh this one's different this one mentions the axe the axe i I don't fucking know what and i was so like
1: that that pings this cop (laughs) to be like oh i'm assuming it means like (laughs) your question marks on your notes I, i assume this means like yeah, like, the because uh, the, the, the cop
0: was like, we've been getting a lot of letters from loons. Yeah, but clearly
1: the axe is some confidential information that only someone who was there would know about. Because
0: we didn't even hear it on the news. The news, so that's probably confidential information. Did he? Cut up somebody in a park with I an hope, axe? I hope he didn't.
1: This I mean there's a lot of murder. Now I'm thinking about we had to watch
0: Mary Alice like Mary chop Alice up a woman. Else. That's just the way to do Every it. Everybody says that someone gets chopped the fuck up. Jesus, oh. but Melanie Foster didn't deserve that. She no. was she was seventeen, you know, like no. Nobody but deserves that. But then neither that. did Deidre <laughs> yeah. was just like,
1: hello, I'm not on drugs and like. That's a child. true. Nobody deserves uh, to be chopped up uh, the more you know. <laughs> hey this is an official wisteria gaze word message to you nobody deserves to be <laughs> murdered and chopped up um, you can take that to the bank then we quickly cut to Bree picking up rex's body
0: yeah and she's with like the body bag and the detective detective barton comes up mm-hmm. and is like hi Bree," and she was like Thank you again so much. You know, I can't believe anybody would think that Rex was being poisoned. And then the detective's like, well, Rex thought he was being poisoned.
1: The way he slid that in. Yeah. He was clearly planning it he i mean like the thing is it's not a bad move the way mm-hmm. he did it because he was like well that's what the doctor and rex thinks because
0: here's this letter yeah and he shows Bree the note that and, rex wrote as he died yeah it's the first time she's seeing it mm-hmm. oh and then brie like sits down she looks like i thought she was gonna like cry or lose it but like the detective just keeps being like listen you look like a cold killer Like, did you kill him? Like, you can be honest. Yeah. And he
1: was saying, like, the longer you hold out, the more guilty you look. And, like, a court would understand if it was a crime of passion. Like, I've been cheated on. Yeah. Like, he's trying to kind of appeal to her, almost attempting to get a confession so that she has a lighter sentence or Mm -hmm. whatever. Because he's pretty convinced
0: she's done it. And she hasn't. And she's offended by that and angry. She gets angry. She does not cry. She gets angry. And she's like, I gotta go. And then she's like, uh, do you mind, detective? And, like, because, like, I guess the break on Rex's little wheelie thing. was thing. gone, yeah. And so she just fucking leaves. She just runs out. Um, And then we cut to lawyer man, Carlos Gabby. And, uh lawyer man is like i'm gonna fuck your wife i'm gonna bro. fuck your wife um i'm gonna take her on a nice trip we're gonna have sex on a bear rug uh, in front of a fireplace drinking champagne i can't believe he's gonna copy our first date literally um <laughs> um and <laughs> watch how we flirt in a performative way <laughs> um but he says like if you hire me as your lawyer, she's off limits and I won't pursue her. Because, like, being disbarred is not worth any,
1: like, any woman. Yeah. And that's what convinces Carlos, I guess. And, like, Gabby is, like, he's being ridiculous. And Carlos is, like, shut up, Gabby. She, He's my lawyer. And I'm, like, cool. I love how Gabby's just being passed around as some fucking object that either man can have when they want. like, him being, like, I'm going to do all these things to her. It's, like, Gabby doesn't fucking want you, dude.
0: Yeah, when she was, like, uh, or when he was, like... I'm going to, I want to have sex with your, I'm or when he was like, I'm going to have sex with your wife. Gabby's laugh. She was like, okay, Weird. what? Yeah. Like she doesn't
1: want you, dude. Whatever. I mean, it, I guess it got Gabby what she wanted in the end, which is David being the lawyer and he will hopefully leave her alone. Hopefully.
0: For a couple episodes. <laughs> right. Uh, and then we cut to. Nina and Lynette, they're out again. It's the fifth night in the row. Yeah, I, this is
1: where I wrote, where is their HR department? Because Nina, like, physically will not let Lynette leave yeah. the bar. It's so weird. She's like,
0: hold my purse."
1: <laughs> yeah, and the guy approaches
0: Lynette. Chuck.
1: Chuck is his name? Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> I wrote,
1: why will Lynette
0: not cut his hand off? <laughs> yeah, he, um... He comes over and he's like, hey, how's it going? My name's Chuck. And then Lynette's (laughs) like, hi, I'm happily married because I am the goddess of boundaries.
1: Goddess of boundaries. My Um, son is king of boundaries. Yes. (laughs) King Um, of boundaries, Parker and uh, he's nation. like
0: will that parker nation <laughs> we are part, part of the parker nation we need um, to make an
1: official jingle Yes. so whenever we see parker i play that
0: okay <laughs> we get a soundboard yes. <laughs> yes um but lynette or the chuck but chuck pulls out a ring from his pocket and is like guess we're in the same boat <laughs> the fuck yeah and then she's like get your hands off of me Get them off. But then we get an, a Mary Alice voiceover for the first time since the beginning. I yes, feel yes, 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 yes. yes. And Lynette is declaring a war of independence. Boogie shoes start playing. Lynette goes. Close your eyes. Okay, I'm closing. Lynette. 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 Lynette goes into the bathroom. <laughs> she sheds her work gear. She just puts. She she was wearing a vest over her shirt. She, she takes was. her shirt off. She's just wearing the vest i can believe she takes her hair down for the first time all episode it's messy she puts on some gloss gloss. she she puts on some eyeliner she goes out and mackenzie i would like to read the 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 notes verbatim of what i have (laughs) okay and then can i review my notes can we exchange what our fucking notes were yes would you like to go first do you want me to go first you go first you go first all caps okay Hot Lynette, hot lynette, hot lynette. <laughs> Holy shit. Mackenzie, lesbian of the episode. Yes. I want her to dance with me. Yes. Lynette, she's on the bar. <laughs> got- Coyote ugly That's Mackenzie. What I wrote. That's what I wrote. She's on the bar. <laughs> Boogie Shoes is playing. <laughs> yeah, I basically
1: wrote most of that, but the only thing I wrote different was, "How am I supposed to recover from what is happening?"
0: I literally wrote so, like after all, of, after "boogie shoes," my next line. It's not, it's not all caps, but it does say, "How do you expect me to take any notes after that?" <laughs>
1: she.
0: <laughs> Looked hot. Yeah. She looked hot. She had these fucking biceps yeah. out. She had, like, Lucy Huffman
1: is ripped, she weirdly. She is. <laughs> she had her biceps out. She was Coyote Ugly dancing on the bar. For anyone who does not know me personally, which is most of you who will listen to this podcast, I fucking love the movie Coyote Ugly. But I, I think it's a gay movie. She... <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Lynette was basically like, I'm hot, and I got to show Nina I'm hot, so she'll stop asking me to go out with her. And Nina is
1: sad. Nina's being a little pissed baby in the corner. And when Lynette goes and, like, throws herself next to her and is like, want to keep dancing?
0: There's, like, there's like like sweat in her
1: cleavage.
0: Lesbian of the episode. The sweat. I'm sorry, Andrew. Yes, the sweat.
1: (laughs) Lesbian of the episode has to be Lynette dancing in the bar. Yeah. Ugly style. Just in this vest situation, midriff watch. <laughs> watch. biceps out. This is the lesbian of the episode. Yes. I'm already rooting for lesbian The season.
0: Oh, Am I crazy right now? No. Until I can find the Birkenstocks of this season, <laughs> Lynette, for me, goes unmatched.
1: This was so good. Um, yes, we will be posting the full video on all of our social media channels because yes. it's so fucking good. Yeah.
0: Holy shit. I'm
1: losing my mind. I
0: am as well. So I guess that's the end of the episode. So that's the, end of the episode is
1: <laughs> No, there's another wild thing I want to talk about in this episode, actually. Yes. Based on the next the scene. The next scene, yeah. Because we go to the reburial of Rex. Mm-hmm. And at first, all the ladies are there except for Bree, and they don't know where she is. But then Bree comes over and is like, hey, Rex has pissed me off. Mm-hmm. So we're burying him somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I'm not putting this man who thinks I f- I killed him, I'm not going to be buried next to him. <laughs> Basically, I want to tell you,
1: I did not take any notes during this monologue because I thought it was wild. She was so clearly on a green screen. Did you notice that?
0: I... She was so so clearly on a green screen. Glad you brought it up because I wrote that in my notes, and I thought that you were gonna like dive into like her monologue itself. I I did not anything behind it, and I was gonna be like, "That's so like beautiful and in depth." But have you noticed she's in front of a green screen? I was distracted by the
1: fact that she was in front of a green screen. She was, and I, I have something I need to say that might be controversial. Hmm. I thought this was badly acted. This monologue.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't really write... I Oh, no,
1: other than I, she's losing it, and so she tossed like, her ring Clearly, into the- this was a reshoot or something. Yeah. Because when it cuts back to the women, they're, they're outside. They're outside. And there's a, the, the last part where she's crying, and it looks more emotional and sad. She's outside. But all the parts in the middle where it's, like, her angry and yeah. kind of wild, she's clearly in front of a green screen. And my... This is just... This is truly speculation. My speculation is that the original... Delivery of the monologue was more sad, and then they wanted it to go into an angrier direction, so they had her reshoot with the with what we saw now, yeah, that's what it felt like to me that's what it felt like. It, it felt like Marsha Cross, and I think she's a great actress. I say all this thinking. I think Marsha Cross is an awesome actress. I thought this scene was poorly acted' because it just felt it felt like Marsha Cross didn't like what she was doing, yeah, it felt like a weird choice for Brie and i as an actor. <laughs> I hate saying I hate saying that, but I did go to school for acting and I do act. I felt like I could see that she was uncomfortable with the maybe the direction that the director gave her because it just felt weird. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a reshoot.
0: Yeah, I, I fully agree on that. Do you think like somewhere out there there's just like the the her in front of the green screen? Like, <gasps> uh, can you imagine if I could find that? We could put Marsha Cross in a Jurassic Park, getting eaten by a T-Rex while she throws her wedding ring into a grave site. I would
1: love that, for one. Um, I hope there's the footage of her in front of a green screen. But she was very clearly in front of a green screen.
0: Yeah. To the point where it completely distracted me. It truly did. I wrote down, like, a couple things. But it was just basically, like, she's never going to forgive him. And yeah. She kind of just
1: tells the ladies, like, what he did like how he wrote the note, what he thinks. And then it's like, I don't want to be
0: buried next to him. I think it would have been more impactful uh, for it to be sadder, but it you know, they, t- it felt too silly. Yeah, that was why I didn't I was, like it. I was going to say like, what they could have done is like, they could have like sent it, or whatever because like I don't know how like episodes and stuff Me get either. released, yeah. but I, I feel like studio executives watch everything and then they're Probably. like, okay, go change w- this or whatever they they might have watched the episode and they might have been like, no no no, no we need some we need something fun, okay, we need yeah. something something funny
1: yeah and I mean it's like bittersweet right because it does the last thing we get before the final Mary Alice monologue is like you said she throws her wedding ring away yeah. and storms off and that's sad that's fucking sad but I, and I just I don't know I just feel like the monologue felt too silly to me and and I hope I hope maybe any listeners disagree with me I, I would have preferred because I feel like when it cut back to her at the end she looked solemn mm-hmm. and that was cl- not in front of a green screen and I want to see that take I yeah. want to see the take where Bree's anger is mixed with sadness. Yeah, like I want to see that mixture, and not just this silly kind of um, over the top anger.
0: Like I want to, yeah, like I exactly that. Like I want to see like the struggle between her, like thinking that she reconciled with her husband, but then like this new piece of information yeah. comes up. Like I, I just want to see her like yeah. heart battling with that, like with her brain. Yeah. And like I just feel like I, I feel like
1: somewhere on film. There is a better take of that. And yeah. I hate that we don't see it. Because I think that Marsha Cross is a great actress. But yeah, this just so felt I. like she wasn't doing what she could have done. It, it's yeah. And I don't blame her. I blame the director. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> David Grossman fight me in the parking lot. Whoa, he's outside. I see him. Oh my god, David Grossman.
0: <laughs> shit. He's floating out the window. <laughs> um but after that. We get our little ending, Mary Alice monologue.
1: Once again, book ending, it's about people you can depend on. Yeah. We see
0: the ladies together. We Carlos see Carlos and ball. Lonnie eating a pizza by himself. <laughs> yes. And then the last shot for the episode oh, no. is Paul opening Scruffy some mail.
1: Scruffy Paul. Scruffy
0: Paul. Do you think he's hot? <laughs> <laughs> he's hotter. Okay, I don't think Paul's hot. <laughs> scruffy Tom is
1: is my hot boy. Okay, but I think that Paul is hotter than he was. Okay, because he's scruffy. Paul, scruffy man of the episode. Scruffy <laughs> Look, I'm a lesbian, but I do think that scruff makes a man hotter. That's something I think. <laughs> I think that little five o'clock shadow is very sexy. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel.
0: Hell yeah, and that's my opinion. And that's also the end of end the, the episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. I liked
1: that episode. I did too. Like weird. I mean, yes, I just like talked about how I didn't like that last acting part, but I love that we got so much fucking plot mm-hmm. and clues in this episode. Yeah. And I'm curious where they're going to go now because we've gotten so much clues, so much clues, so many clues. Yeah. And it's episode five.
0: Yeah. And we have what? They're going to reveal the secret too early. And then what are we going <laughs> to so do? We're going to do
1: for 18. We have 18 episodes of this season. How? I think. How?
0: How? We're already at 17? the end. 18, I don't know. We're already at the end.
1: It's a five episode. <laughs> a six episode season. Yeah, season
0: three is just around the corner. <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it. So did I. And we have
1: been Wisteria Gaze. <gasps> If you want to find us, our show on social media, we post a lot of fun stuff. You can find us on Twitter at Wisteria Gaze or on Instagram at Wisteria Gaze underscore. And you can find even more about us at our website,
0: wisteriagaze.com. Oh, and on that website, we have merch. merchandise. It's beautiful. I have a Fairview High Abstinence Club tea and. I love it. I got it in the tri-blend, but, like, there's some other different shirt there's options. There's so many
1: options for so many shirts. Yeah. We got a Wisteria Gaze logo. We got Stay Juicy. We got I Killed Martha Huber pillow. We got so much stuff. We're going to add more. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's so gonna be if you want so a little, good. if you want to wrap your Wisteria Gaze merchandise, do it. Wisteria <laughs> wrapping paper
0: not in time for the holidays not in time for
1: the holidays you save it till next year yeah (laughs) we should get wrapping paper next year that'd be a blast yeah with our faces on it Uh,
0: (laughs) yes um but if you want to find us personally you can find me liz uh on any form of social media at the pigeon wizard and you can find me at Mackenzie wilkes um and also Something I just forgot to do before we did that was Patreon. Yes, we have a Patreon. That's yes. also linked on our website. Uh Patreon's great. Uh we have a couple different tiers, the lowest being I think two dollars, the okay. highest being just like ten. Well, one thousand technically. Well, t-
1: yeah, I guess. <laughs> we added a joke tier for a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the normal highest one is ten dollars.
0: Um and we have some really great rewards on there. Like uh you get access to all of our feral Feral show notes. Uh, they're wild. Uh, as well as ad-free episodes. Yes. And video postcards once a month. Hell yeah. Um, and so, yeah, feel free to check out our Patreon if you want to support the show. Yeah. And we also do
1: episode shout-outs yes. for our beautiful, tasty patrons.
0: <laughs> they're tasty. <laughs> they're tasty. <laughs> we I've tasted a bi- them. Yeah, I took a bite out of a couple of them I took this a bite.
1: I want to shout-out Lisa. Tom. And Annie. Ugh. We love you. We do. Thank you for supporting the show, and thank you for just being freaking awesome and staying
0: juicy at all times. Yeah, and if anybody listening wants to check out our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Hell yeah. And I think we have something special this week to talk about. Yes, we do. This coming Monday, so it'd be December 21st, 2020. So if you're listening um, to this late, you missed it. Yeah. But as of right now, December 21st, 2020, I helped write a parody of uh, like some of the classic Christmas movies, and we're doing a live script reading on my Twitch channel, which is Twitch TV slash The Pigeon Wizard. It'll start at 7:30 Central Time, and we got a really great lineup of people reading, like me, <laughs> like you, and you, Mackenzie. And me. Um. I have a lot of, like, I don't know what else I should say about it. Uh, well, we'll, t- we'll tweet about it on our yeah. account. We already did, but we'll keep
1: sharing it. If you want to just go over to Twitter, find us at Wisteria Gaze, we're going to be
0: posting about it. Yeah, and I'm obviously I'm posting about it on my personal social medias that I said before, but I'll say it again right now. Uh, you can find me at the Pigeon Wizard. But, yeah, come hang and listen to the script. Yeah, I'm very yeah. excited to read it. <laughs> You know what I love besides reading scripts that I helped write? What do you I I I only love reading scripts that you write. So what do you love? Um, I love reading reviews. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, reviews are great. They help people find the show. Yeah. Believe it or not, Ripley's. Yes. Yes. Um, and you know, we love them, they make our day. We usually ask a question at the end of every episode to just get those juices flowing. It's never a mandatory thing. So last week, uh, it was, what was your favorite Mrs. Mulberry moment? <laughs> uh, and this week, I think it should be, what
1: song are you dancing on the bar to with Lynette? Ooh, what are you dancing? With Lynette, we're doing a duet to. Careless whispers, <laughs> okay. by George Michael. It's okay. a very sensual duet that Lynette and I are doing together. Okay, sweat, cleavage, and all.
0: You know, I used this answer for the talent show. Oh, but I think Lynette and I are dancing to "Down with the Sickness" <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah. so much so leave a review and tell us what song you're dancing to with lynette on, the, on bar. the bar or you and some people
1: who have already left reviews just dm us yeah do that too that's very funny yeah we like that <laughs> i want to know what you all are dancing on the bar too yes maybe oh maybe i'll do on instagram i'll do a question <gasps> yeah so we can publish them out for oh everybody. that's so good yeah
0: other than that, I think there's just a couple things left. I think there's only like literally a couple things. Yeah, uh, one being I love you. Oh my god, I love you! Uh, and stay juicy! And stay juicy!
1: <laughs> <laughs>